Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with the uh, with myself, Joe Overly from VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTSD.com, and the ever-ebullient Mark Craig from Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, uh, the Vikings are 6-1. and one. Yeah, They kind of got a little bit closer to uh, an all-team victory this team this this week. Not perfect, not you know superlative, but you know they won the game. And uh, I don't want to split hairs here, but they're six and one. It's great news. Enjoy the season. I know I am. What are your thoughts on that game? Well, my, one of my thoughts is uh, one of my five extra points in the paper the day after was. Um, how odd it was to be stand. I, I was, you know, I, I got to look for like kind of like some off the beaten path items for that for that thing that I do. And I'm standing in front of a, a Vikings kicker who doesn't look like he's very happy. He is talking about missing uh, his eighth um, and our seventh and eighth kicks of the year. One of them was a block, which he's had two blocks in the last three games or whatever it is. He's like one of six from fifty yards. Uh, missed a PAT. They kept it a one-point game at the end. And I said, I'm the only one standing there talking to him because it didn't matter. I mean, the Vikings are missing kicks left and right. A, a kicker-tortured franchise is missing kicks left and right, and it doesn't matter. That's the, the, what's kind of the magic of this season um, is that they are finding ways to win. Now, granted, you want your kicker to be kicking them, you know, because there's going to going to come a time where it's going to count. But I like how this team, this team is five and zero in one score games with a rookie coach introducing his new system. I, you know, I think it's um, it has one of those feels of it's going to be a you know a fun season, uh, and the players are are building. There's some steam building in the locker room with this, you know, the, the positive attitude. Which, yeah, and then you, know, you go I, and stand at the kicker's locker. You call me being whiny about this this six no, game, and you went and stood right. at the kicker's locker looking to hammer the negative, Mark. Come on, man. That's the example of why of the oddity. I mean, I, we've stood it, you know, around kickers for as long as I've been here, and I didn't. I wasn't even around for the most punishing kicks to the midsection of, with kickers that. Uh, uh, no, you were. You know so. Uh, well, you know, Blair Walsh was pretty. It was a pretty good uh, yep. gasp of air that left uh, this franchise's uh, stomach. Yep. Uh, but uh, obviously not not as good and not as uh, hey, you know, and Joseph is miss getting all his misses out because Gary Anderson, you know, had the audacity to go be perfect until <sighs> it mattered. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and we need to focus on the pot, yeah, the negative, you know, whatever. I tell you, Mark Craig, you just you just like to stir it up. Well, you know, you took you you know they say burying the lead. Well, you're doing the opposite. We're going to talk about that kicker a little bit later when we hit the special team section. But for right now, let's talk about the defense. The defense was was uh, in my mind just great in that game. That you know, is it Arius Smith? My goodness, he he uh, logged three sacks, even though he got injured during the middle of the game. Uh, he's now Tied for the sack lead with 8.5 in the NFL, and he's uh, I think he's right up there. He's got 13 tackles for losses, I think, which is also a, a top the league. Uh, 
he was the leader on that defense on Sunday and uh, a defense that many times I thought when the vi- when the offense faltered a little bit, a couple three and outs late, the defense came up, held, were stout and, and kept them in the game, allowed them to preserve this win, even though it was another one score nail biter, but uh, pretty, I, I pretty, uh, quite the game by Zaria Smith, quite the pickup by Quasi Adolfo Mensa, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I think that you know that, that's something that we all you know because they were cash strapped, they were up against the cap, and they found a way to add this guy. Now, had he been healthy the last uh, last year, they they probably couldn't have afforded him. Uh, the Packers probably might might not have let him go. Um, but to me, you know, not not touching on the negative, but I'm saying <laughs> when they played the when they played the Packers, that the offensive line was decimated, and yeah. they had four sacks when they played uh, Miami. Miami when they yeah. played Miami, offensive line decimated. They got six sacks. Uh, Arizona's the missing three. Arizona. They're entire left side of their line. And so – And they're starting uh, running back. That's just to point out the obvious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they could they could very well – a bad a bad team would have been not – would have been held in check with that, with a, a good team, which the Vikings are a good team. They took advantage and they – you know, they clobbered uh, Murray and they were, they got after him and Murray, you know, had one of those Murray games. It's like, he's such a talent. He's such a, an incredible, unique talent, but he's also going to throw the ball to you. Uh, he threw two interceptions last year. This team couldn't capitalize. They lost by one. He threw two interceptions this time, dropped a, uh, he recovered it, but he dropped a th- key third down red zone yeah. snap. Um, so he played like he sort of like he did last year. Uh, in making some mistakes, putting the Vikings in position to win. This, this the difference is this time they the Vikings took advantage and they won. And Zadarius Smith, yeah, uh, he, he's the leader. Uh, lost because of the kicker. Yeah, because of, see, it was mattering last year when they missed these kicks. Um, but you know, there were a lot of you know Zadarius Smith was the was the obviously the focal point. But uh, the game that Patrick Peterson played, the game that uh, Hicks played, the stop that Hicks had. Uh, the offense kind of stepped on his home run call because that should have been the end of the game right there. Yeah. Offense turns around 47 seconds later, you know, Arizona has the ball back and the defense has to do it again. So uh, some of the problems that we've seen in the past with Kirk and not being able to finish a game that he didn't, and it still didn't matter. So that, that's what the, the magic of this season is about right now. It, it, you know, it's, it's phenomenal for, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, that's why I guess I'm talking about a full team victory. I mean, they're the special teams played well, uh, Greg Joseph aside, uh, they, they forced a turnover, um, a big one. Uh, the, the offense scored five touchdowns, uh, five for five in the red zone. And they're, you know, I saw a stat this morning that since, they went like two of four in the red zone against new Orleans, they've been like 11 of 12 in the red zone since that time, which is some pretty peak efficiency. Um, the defense, you know, a big, big interception by Harrison Smith, a very fired up Jordan Hicks and Patrick Peterson playing against their old team uh, almost a little too much. It was interesting the way Patrick Peterson to see him that amped up. I mean, the Vikings played him last year and they played him down there with Patrick Peterson. So you would think that would have game, but here, I guess, you know, here he could, he could be as animated as he wanted to be. I guess he was going up and down and kind of trashing the sidelines a little bit, but he was really mad that they did not keep him in, in Arizona. You think for a veteran, 
to let his emotions get to that point was was it was a little surprising to me. I love the season he's having. Nothing against Patrick Peterson, but he, you know, it's like, you know, he's human. Yep, I get it. But you know, you still got to be a leader for those young guys and, and keep your head in the game. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't. No, I mean, and that's a good. You know, you make a good point. But um, uh, Kingsbury was asked about it. I don't think he was, you know, being insincere. Did he cross the line? Did he say anything? You know that crosses the line. And, and he said, no, not, not that he heard. Right. Um, I think, you know, maybe it's because of who he is. Like if Cam Dantzler was doing that, it might be a little different. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I, I just looked at that as, a, as different, and especially at, at what Hicks did. Hicks had a hell of a play. Yes, he did. Uh, read, it, read it perfectly, drops him for the, you know, an inch short of the, of the first down marker and gets up and does that. I don't mind NFL celebrations when it's genuine and it's um, it's emotion based, and uh, and they, and it's I thought they were respectful. What I don't like, and I you know being the new old school guy, I guess I don't like the touchdown celebrations where you're doing duck duck, goose, yeah, and not not gray duck, but no, you're doing those kind of things. Goose. They've never done duck duck goose. They've only I don't like any of that stuff. You know, Cam oh, and Cam Newton would score, and it would take him forty five seconds to to get to the sideline with all his stuff. I like emotion. I like the. Um, uh, I, I love the uh, uh, Zadarius. You know, the ode to Jared Allen was cool. Yep. Uh, the fans didn't really like when JJ Watt did it. Uh, an ode to Jared. Uh, but it at the was, very end of the it was game. an homage. It was an homage. So um, uh, I didn't have a problem with. I I, I loved how, uh, how how Patrick Peterson played. I mean, his first breakup of of AJ Green in the end zone was like it'd be like if we were playing against you. Know, even old guys like us were playing against children and we flicked the ball away. Yeah. Um, I'm baffled, not baffled, but surprised, especially if they had lost, we'd be talking a lot about why is, why is Patrick Peterson doing all that celebrating on that end of the field when he could have been on the other end of the field uh, against the, the best receiver in the game uh, for, for the, for the Cardinals and Hopkins, maybe the best receiver in the game period, even with Jared or with uh, Jefferson being on the field. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's a special talent. I'm like, yeah, you know, his second half when he had that long one, I'm like, you know, is there an urge to, like, put your best corner on that guy? Um, Mark, how about when Patrick Peterson, uh, uh, Harrison Smith makes the interception, he's running it back and trying to gain some yards. Patrick Peterson turns around, he's celebrating, and the play is still going yeah. on. He caught a little bit of heat from that. From his coach, I don't know about Heat, but he he got talked to and and he had to address it with some media members afterwards. I thought that was a little bit for me was, come on, Patrick, you're the vet. Yeah, your head in there, brother. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That your to your point, there was that moment where his head was not in the game. That's yeah. I, it, I I have to see the replays again, but I, I I thought it looked like an old Billy White White Shoes Johnson with the with his knees, but. Uh, he, he, he explained what it was. I don't know what it was. Some, yeah. some sort of, um, video game or something, but I, you know, that, yeah, yes. Yeah. He, he even, he kind of even he he acknowledged he owned that. Up to it. He owned up to it. You know, from Mark, a question for me, and this is something I've always maintained when I used to do this show with Joe Johnson and, and just talking you know, throughout, you know, trying to figure out the Vikings over the years. I mean, it's an emotional game. You cannot get up. I mean, you, you know, as the players say, every Sunday you're in a car wreck, you know, and you're beat up and whatever. I don't think it's very easy. You have to, as a professional, it's your job to get up emotionally for every game. But it's so key in the NFL. That's why any given Sunday one team could get fired up 
and on emotion might not have the talent, but they can still beat you. I want to say when I saw this from Peterson, Hicks was fired up, but not to the point that Patrick Peterson was, I don't think. Where's this every week? Where's this so that, you know, uh, where, where's this outsized emotion just because you're a six and one team and, and you have a chance to take this Morbon franchise that has never, hasn't been to the Super Bowl in since the seventies, you know, and that's what you got to bottle. That's what you got to have. You can't just have, you know, they say, you know, that you see them all this uh, stuff that you have that, what do they call it? The uh, blackboard stuff or the bulletin board material. And that's how they used to get fired up. And I, I think it's, it's real because your body's so hammered. You can't do that every week, but I want to see more of this week to week where I would see, you know, lead by emotion and lead by example, not just because uh, the owner of the Arizona Cardinals disrespected you or didn't resign you. Come on. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it, you can get, it can be, it can become um, phony, fake. Uh, you know, if you're a coach, that's going to, you know, rah, 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 and, and be someone you're not, you get exposed pretty quickly on like, yeah, they, they almost keep become a joke. They kind of laugh at you. Um, I guess, you know, that's one thing that's made like the Patriots when they were in their dynasty was, was good. I actually stood in front. I can't remember the Patriot, but it, after they won a Super Bowl, the one that was after winning multiple Super Bowls, there was a, they actually said, you know, there was a, the words that came out of this Patriot's mouth was nobody gave us any respect. <laughs> I remember just laughing. It's like, right, right. how do you get to the point where you can coach and, and, and make someone uh, sound sincere when they say that? When you are a dynasty, you're a dynasty that was had two different. You're one dynasty that had two different sets of players, except for one, that sustained this 20 year dynasty, and uh, and they're still thinking that they're being disrespected. So uh, I don't know what the what the art of that is. Um, I will say that Patrick Peterson is, you know, if we're talking about him specifically, <clears throat> he's not a guy that's down in the dumps, you know, one week and and yeah, and like this the next week. He's a pretty. He's, he's a, each week. Yeah. He is a you know he's a steady he's a steady performer, and I think they have a lot of those guys that are steady steady guys. It's just you cannot be at at your wits end, uh, frantic like that, all the time. And I I, I come from a, a history of this team where uh, you don't hear it in headlines. You don't see it in headlines. You don't hear everybody screaming it from the rooftops. But there's there's the notion amongst fans that Bud Grant never got his teams emotionally up for games. He was the steady rock that kept them going and winning for many years. And when it came to the Super Bowl, they came out flat sometimes and just didn't have what it takes. And I, I think he was, it was his mentality. If the players can't get up for something like this, that maybe, you know, that that's on them or so. I don't know. So I, that, I guess that's where I'm speaking from. I, you're right. You can't, you can't be out there uh, making false enthusiasm. I mean, can't, Eric Kendrick said after the game, when he saw how emotional Patrick Peterson was the night before, he says, I got to go out there and win that for him. And it's like, well, yeah, but you also got to win it because <laughs> you got a chance to go to the playoffs and win the division, which the Packers win every year. So I, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, you, you're, you're making good points. And I just, I just, you know, I, I guess I want to see that next week when they're, you know, then Kirk already poo-pooed it, right? He's going home. Kirk's going home, and and this is where KOC and Kirk made their, they 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 uh, were first together. It was in Washington, and Kirk says, "Oh no, oh no, there's none of that, none of that." So, well, I, I think I want my my coach and my if I if I'm a, a fan, I want my 
my coach and my and my head uh, my uh, quarterback to be a little more grounded. Uh, you can have defensive guys can can go through the roof, but you know I would still say the great ones do do it. I mean, like Johnny Johnny Randall, there was yeah. never a downplay. Um, uh, Jared Allen certainly. Um, you know, guys that had you know the high motor guys, and uh, but you know, just because of, you know, like a Harrison Smith would be a good example. Harrison Smith is an even keel human being right. who makes a lot of great plays yeah. and and is uh, uh, an outstanding player. But uh, he's not going to be, you know, going backflips and stuff well, like it's that. More so, with his head than with his emotion. Than his right. Heart. I just think, yeah, you got to you got to be natural. And, and uh, on another point here, I start off by being negative toward Greg Joseph, a two-year kicker with this franchise. You just got done saying that Bud Grant got out coached in four Super Bowls. Mike, I, I mean, you just, you just, I mean, I made fun of. I I was talking about a kicker and maybe missing some kicks. You're talking about the face of a 62-year franchise taking him down, Joe. So yeah, I'm the I most don't know. Negative, negative person in Minnesota. Yeah. So I, if I if I'm out there, I'm seeing it as you know, I'm the positive one right now. <laughs> okay, you can think that. Um, you know, Zedaria Smith, great game. What you know, it's just wonderful. I, you know, all kinds of reminders online today about uh, his his stats and how much of his $11 million salary the Packers are playing, but we can talk about that later. Harrison Smith, third pick of the, the year of the year and passes Nate Wright on an all-time pick list for the Vikings in at number five, which is, you know, which is quite, quite, uh, quite nice for him. Cam Bynum, first pick of his career. I don't and... about that. Was that his first pick? Yeah. Is it, didn't, I thought he had an interception when, because whenever, uh, Harrison Smith was at Detroit. I got to look it up. But whenever Harrison Smith was out, didn't Cam? Didn't he come in and have an interception? I don't know. That's I what they're saying on the broadcast. Maybe you're, you know, that. Maybe they're wrong. It could be right. I don't. I don't know. But that, well, anyways, that was thrown right. I mean, you know, he's granted yeah. he caught it, but that that was a little pitch and catch there. Hey, the they ball. don't. They don't. They don't have style points on the scorecard for golf yeah. or the record book for for the. For the NFL, so he'll take it. And we'll take it. Um, and Dantzler had a, had the tough assignment of of playing with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he got uh, what did he get? Uh, DeAndre DeAndre had a nice game, touchdown, and plenty of it was like sixteen catches or something like that. I can't can't remember what it was. I don't know. Whatever it was, I would have thrown ten more to him. I, I, I you know sitting there watching some of it, I was just like, why don't they just throw it and throw it and throw it again until it can be stopped and uh, they did. They did go to him a lot, obviously, but uh, you know, and O'Connell was trying to make it sound like Cam had a better game than what I thought. You know, I personally thought Cam, and maybe others thought that he had. Um, I don't know that it was a horrendous game where there was, you know, you know, a Randy Moss at Dallas and Thanksgiving type of game where you everything everything's a seventy-five yard touchdown. But you know, I I, I would have at some point in that game, I I have to believe said. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have Patrick Peterson cover him, and we'll have Cam go over and cover, you know, forty two year old AJ Green. Why do you think they didn't do that, Mark? I mean, was that not because Cam? I mean, uh, uh, Peterson's maybe lost a step, and and you got younger legs going. I mean, what, what, why that decision? I was thinking the same thing going in, and I figured, you know, as fired up as he was, and this is this is uh, 
how long has Hopkins been there? Is this his second season or third? I think they were teammates at one time, weren't they, before Peterson left? I thought he would want to take on that challenge, but maybe not, huh? Well, I'm thinking that, you know, uh, you know, because they're not going to tell you the answer if, if you're at, you know, if you're at, if I don't think they even want the answer to know, be known if you were talking to them off the record. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in, in this way, they at least know one side of the field was taken care of. They go to the other side now if Hopkins is is uh, is able to get some balls against um, Patrick Peterson. Suddenly the, now the other side, they're not convinced that Cam's going to be able to do what he what Peterson did to that other side of the field. Because it was not just A.J. Green. It was uh, uh, the guy they just got from Carolina, uh, Robbie, Anderson. whatever. Anderson. So that he couldn't catch anything either against uh, yeah. Peterson. So uh, I'm assuming maybe you, you, you get that side taken care of and you maybe roll some people to the other side yeah, um, yeah. to try and double that side. Well, you know, I, I don't know. They're just uh, – it's not like we've seen earlier in the season where some of this was like you're, just, you're watching like – Oh my God! This defense is so soft; it's they're just backing off. Um, but right. in that one particular matchup, it was kind of like you know we need some, you need something a little tighter on that other side. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the defense overall had a good game. They gave up you know twenty four points in the end, but uh, you know they didn't uh, they didn't let uh, Kyler Murray hurt them. They they had great rush defense. They they uh, they. Uh, kept you know everybody but Hopkins bottled, and then you know they didn't let him. Beta, he scored one touch on a lot of catches, but you know, I my hat's off to the defense for this one. But on that note, uh, you know, as you can see along the scroll on the bottom of the screen, uh, we're sponsored by Manscaped. Again, make great uh, uh, trimmers for your beard. You can see how beautiful mine is, you know, right? Great trimmers, you know, for all kinds of <laughs> hair on your body. So we're going to do a spot with them, and after it's over, come on back and we'll uh, fire up the next segment. Of Vikings Territory Breakdown talking about the offense. Support for Vikings Territory Breakdown is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who have ma trust Manscaped with the this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code VTBREAKDOWN20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls. Hey, welcome back, folks. Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, it's time to touch on the offense. Uh, they scored 35 points, first time over 30 this year. Uh, five for five in the red zone. Um, uh they had uh, Kirk Cousins had a pretty darn good game. Uh, he ran in a uh, he had some overthrows early that that uh, looked I don't know if he was as jacked up as Patrick Peterson or what, but he ended up 24 36 for 232 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. And for me, that throw to throw and catch to KJ uh, Osborne for the for the final score. I don't think it was the final score, but that was phenomenal. I mean, just the, the, the little window, he threw it in there to the side. That's a tough throw. Uh, Kirk had a, had a pretty gall darn good game, I think. And, you know, despite whatever, you know, if he had a few overthrows here and there, but I, I thought it was great, even though I didn't get JJ into the end zone, uh, five different guys scored on Sunday. And it was, it was quite an offensive display for this team. And I'm hoping it's, 
something they're building and crescendoing with because they keep that rolling, they're going to be tough to beat. So all that, you don't mention that Kirk has a 17-yard touchdown run. I, did. I said he ran uh, the win. I, did. I know, but he made – I mean, I don't know that I've in, – in modern football, I've seen a linebacker, I think it was uh, 44, Goldston or whatever, uh, Marcus Goldston, I think, uh, look slower than that guy. Yeah. I don't know if it was Kirk making him look fast or look slow or or what, but you know, Kirk's able to run to the line. Ninety-four, their defensive lineman is, you know, he takes care of him. He gets away from him. I'm thinking, so here comes forty-four, looking like a like a like a broken down garbage truck trying to chase Kirk, and Kirk right. just runs around him and scores. It's like it was fun in the world. So, yeah. but then, I, but that happens, and then when it's fourth and two or fourth and one. And Kirk has an open lane. It's like, come on, yeah, uh, channel your inner Kyler and take off. And he throws it deep on a percentage ball. Uh, I'm, I'm sure ESPN somewhere they're working the numbers on the probability of completion. I would have given it like a one percent of the, where he threw it and traffic he threw it into, whatever. But uh, overall, yes, the um, uh, you know Kirk. It, we do find that even though that even this year, whenever they're they're very good on their first drives, but Kirk has some early throws that look, you know, like he is, you know, uh, having to get, get, get used to the game for a guy who is as accurate as he is in his career. He does have some throws early in games and some you know, overthrows and stuff like that, where you're just like, well, you know, he's a, he's a little uh, Jefferson early when he could have ran from yeah, down. Right. It was wide open yeah. for him. And he, he throws it over Jefferson's head. He couldn't even reach it. It's like, God, what was that? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that's that's kind of who he is. Um, he's better. He's better than he is bad. But you know, sometimes you got to put up with some things with him. Um, then yeah, the, the throw to KJ, phenomenal. Uh, the throw that he th- that he that he made to uh, you know because Jefferson had disappeared from the game, mm-hmm. and the, and they kind of needed a big play, and he and Kirk forced it to Jefferson. Uh, you know, which was yeah. unlike yeah. Kirk. Yeah, and even Kirk talked about it. You now about being nervous about like. Am I throwing this or, you know, what am I doing? Almost like after the game, like, what am I doing? Well, he's doing what Jefferson wants him to do. What Mike Zimmer at some point last year was encouraging him to do was to take a little bit of a risk with a guy who's a great receiver, who's going to help you out. And, and Jefferson had a fantastic catch for 20 some yards or whatever it was. Uh, And then they, they score, I believe on that, on that drive. So that that's, you know, phenomenal for Kirk to do that. And, in saying that, when the next time he does that and it's intercepted, you can't beat the crap out of him because right, he's right. taking a chance. Oh, we will. Um, that, yeah, we will. But it's like, uh, you know, Jefferson's going to make that catch as he, he's just the ball skills and the ability to catch the ball and fight for it is, you know, what makes him a great, great player. And, right. uh, and, and then as far as in the running game, to me, the running game was, was phenomenal. I, I thought that there was a point where, like, come on, let's just, you know, why are you throwing on third and short when they're, you know, you're averaging over seven yards of carry at that point. So yeah, overall, you know, real good performance. I thought uh, good enough to to win. I thought Kirk had a couple other times where he extended plays within the pocket where he stepped up and moved to the right spot and and get himself either a chance to run or uh, to move. I think he had four rushes for, 
22 yards, got 17 of them on that touchdown. I guess that doesn't sound so good, but uh, I thought he did a good job there, and that's something we wanted him to do in the past. They wanted him to do last year, and he didn't do as much, so that was nice to see. Yeah, 100-yard game, first one of the season for Dalvin Cook. Uh, a lot of them on that pitch play on, on what was it, fourth and short uh, or or third and short where, uh, you know, they fake to, I want to say, ham in – inside up into the line and a pitch to, to Dalvin round in and he got 30 yards out of it. Huge play. Dalvin, even um, more for me, I thought it was great to see him catching the ball and, and running it, running with it. You know, he, he, he had several catches. Uh, if I wrote it down here, five catches for 30 yards, which came up big and came up big for my fantasy team. Um, he was wonderful. You know, you, you said they took uh, Jefferson out of the game and he, he did have a quiet 98 yards you know, on six catches. It, it, I think uh, Adam Thielen probably had six catches as well and maybe more targets, but it really came down to be a really balanced offense. And uh, um, I think, you know, because even KJ had a couple catches, it, it it's important that they need it. I guess I, I want to ask you, Mark, you know, the trading deadline is, is probably come and gone while we're doing this, recording this. Everybody keeps talking about, you know, how they should get Brandis Cooks. There's all kinds of you know, steam out there that the Vikings are negotiating with uh, uh, Texans to, to, to bring in Cooks as another receiver, someone who can stretch the field. Do you really think that's what you should do with that, what remains of your salary cap space? Uh, you know, is, is, that, is that the right call to get another receiver in here? So you're going to make this you're going to make this podcast outdated if, if I make a comment and, and they obviously they go the other way or um, <laughs> no. But to me, yeah, it, I mean, the trade deadline has has become a bigger deal in the NFL in recent yeah, years because 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 you know because the Rams Rams you know bought the last Lombardi Trophy with uh, yeah. with some deals that they made uh, trades overall, but also trades at the deadline, getting a Von Miller, getting a Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago, OBJ, um, and then no, that was, he, he was cut. He got cut. Uh, no, they got him last year. Oh, they picked him no, up. The, the, yeah, they. I mean, uh, the Browns got fed up with him and cut him after the deadline. Right. Um, yeah. And so uh, he's a street free agent, uh, a great street free agent, but not a trade at the end. Um, uh, to, so to me, it's like, and then you got all you know the record number of close games. So um, there are and there's teams that are you know in the NFC that, are, that make trades. You know, get McCaffrey if he stays healthy is a phenomenal. As we saw this past, you know, the second game, it pays off with him. You know, having one of the, the all-time great scoring type games. Uh, you know, the Eagles adding uh, Qu- uh, uh, Quinn and uh, the Ravens adding um, Roquan Smith. Uh, so yeah, it, but you know, I, I think this team would be all right if if they if in fact a deadline passes and they didn't get it. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I just, I, you know, there part of me would maybe get another defender, a defensive defensive lineman, but they probably cost too much money. So we're going to have to reshoot this whenever they, you know, when Patrick Mahomes is introduced uh, on Wednesday. So <laughs> gladly, I'd gladly do that. I, I would not be any anything negative about that uh, for me. Um, Alex Madison had a Alexander Madison had a, had a nice forty yards uh, and a score. Great touchdown run by him. Vikings actually rushed for 173 yards with, between Kirk, Dalvin, and and Madison, which was nice. Uh, Johnny Munt had his first NFL touchdown, which was interesting. And uh, um, 
I guess the other tight end, Irv, got hurt. We can talk about that in a little bit. But I was watching, uh, you know, I, I guess I want to know what your thoughts are on Munt because, uh, you know, he, he's he's more of a blocker, obviously. And I saw Brian Baldinger do uh, his his reviews. He does these breakdowns of plays online. And and he was talking about this play. It was on Madison's uh, a Madison run to the left for 15 yards and where Munt got out there and was blocking downfield and took some guys out and then kind of, got fired up when he made the play and Bollinger says at the end, he goes, everybody needs a month, <laughs> which I thought was a great line for some reason. But anyway, uh, there's been complaints about him. He's had a couple big drops, but uh, you know, uh, gotta, gotta say that he brings value to this, this offense. Don't you think? Oh yeah. And that's why, you know, that's why he started, I think every game. And that's why you know, Irv is maybe playing more snaps, but I think, I think on these opening drives that they're having so, such a good, good, uh, you know, consistency with these long, you know, scoring drives early on is because you have, you have all these other, you know, weapons, and now you have an extra, you, a guy who's clearly a better blocker than Irv, is a guy that's uh, really adding value in that in that regard. And why not? If you're scripting plays, and this is why he's starting. You're scripting plays to get. Um, Jefferson involved, get Thielen involved, but also make sure that Cook gets his yards and they and they establish a uh, a physicality early. So that's what you're seeing. And and going back to Madison, uh, you know, I don't know that I've seen too many guys that can make an impact on a team when he only touches the ball five times. I mean, the 15 yard run that he had was on a drive where Dalvin had a 19 yard run, an 11 yard run, and then Dalvin. You know, I would imagine, you know. Uh, NFL running back, if you have two runs for 30 yards in one series, you're, even if you're in great shape like Dalvin, you, you know, you probably need to go to the sideline and catch your breath. And then here comes Madison and hammers him to the left for 15 yards with a physical, you know, he runs like he's about 245 pounds, but he's 215. And then his touchdown run, he only had five carries, but he has a 15 yard run that takes him into the red zone. And then on another drive, he has a seven yarder that, I mean, it could have uh, – Linval Joseph in his prime might have been in between him and the goal line. He might have still run him over because he's just um, – there's a determination with how he runs. And, and you know, I'm surprised that he's not – doesn't cause problems wanting the ball more, but you, you don't seem to hear that or you don't get that feeling when you talk to him. Um, so that's it's another guy that's a kind of – he's a role player, but what he gives him is, is outstanding. Mark, you know, that's, speaking of the trading deadline and such, uh, that's one of the things that people are saying, trade Madison, because everybody's looking for a running back. You know, people are getting into uh, And the Vikings are don't seem to have any interest in that. And and I'm just curious because they got two pretty decent, they seemingly decent running backs behind him in in Kanade Nwangu and, and uh, uh, Ty Chandler. Why wouldn't you use that piece, you know, where you've got, plenty of depth to uh to to help your team you know well i, I believe chandler's hurt and um no and uh, you know and Nwangu hasn't had a lot of carries you know why are teams looking for running backs because their running backs got hurt you know yeah. it's a position i mean dalvin cook his injury history is not the greatest um you know dalvin cook is not going to play 17 games and be healthy every game um you know, that's just the nature of the running back position, the nature of his, um, I, I want to say uh, 
body type. He's a small. He's not a big back, but he's not a he's not a small back. Um, it, his body takes a lot of punishment. So I would like. I mean, especially if you're having a, if you don't want to upset what they have going, I, I would you know again if you know this could you know tomorrow Madison could be playing for uh, whoever. But no, I'm just saying right. it. You know, if we're we're talking about this before we know what happened. I would not upset the ability to bring in a Madison in, in the middle of a drive and, and get, you know, 15 yards into the red zone, bring him in on a series and get a seven yard touchdown. That's a powerful game changing type play. I wouldn't do it. I'd keep him. Uh, I totally would. agree. I totally agree, Mark. I mean, a, a healthy cook with being, being uh, spelled by a, a, a Madison who's, who's, who's fresh, you know, because he's not, you know, getting hammered, you know, every, every series is, is a great weapon to have. So, yeah, I, I would agree as, as much as from a fan's perspective and say, Oh my God, what could be out there to help this team? You know, that it would, it would look like thing to do. You're exactly right. I'm with yeah. you. What did you think of the offensive line? They allowed 12 pressures and two sacks. Wasn't their best game, but like I was saying earlier, Kirk may moved up in the pocket a couple of times and, and extended some plays and, we also had uh, Bradbury's uh, taunting and and uh, Ingram's uh, less than stellar game. So take take off on the offensive line. How'd you think they did on Sunday? Yeah, I mean overall they're playing well enough to, to continue winning. So I wouldn't. I don't think I would make any changes. Um, but you know Ed Ingram, that was a rough. That was a rough one for Ed. Um, yeah. There was a series where um, they, I felt that they, okay, you got to run the ball. You got to run the, you know, they, I forget what, what point in the game it was, what the score was, but I, I remember feeling in the press box, okay, this is where you just, you, you line up and you feed it to Dalvin and you, you know, you just keep pounding away on them because they're, they're averaging seven yards a carry. You don't need to be getting fancy. Um, and at the first play of the game, at first play of that series, Ingram tripped over Bradbury's feet, fell on his, his ass and, went back and Dalvin got dropped for like a four yard loss. Uh, there, he gave up a sack where he looked like he was, you know, just clearly physically beaten. And then uh, I don't know if it resulted in a sack, but there was one, there was one bull rush that, uh, that JJ Watt did that made JJ Watt look like he's back at 25 years old. He, he went, he just took yeah. Ingram and just, and uh, granted that's your, that's another one of a uh, rookie year. You're welcome to the NFL moment when you're, J.J. Watt, even at his age, is able to, uh, you know, you got to play against him and all he's all he brings. Uh, was not a good performance by Ingram. I don't know what his PFF grade was, but it, it couldn't have been very good. The rest of the line, you know, it certainly picked him up. I mean, I, I saw plenty in the past couple of days on on some of the work of uh, Christian Dersaw. He is, he is obviously the real deal. And you never hear Ezra Cleveland's name called at all. You know, uh, just that side of the line is 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 solid, and I think it has started to leak towards the rest of the line. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's there, there. There's when you look at it, there's plays you can pick out and say this was terrible, that was awful, but it's not. It's not like um, oh, uh, back when they had the the TJ who started had this. I mean, TJ Clemmings was it? TJ Clemmings, yep, yep, yes. So they, um, you know, TJ, you know, the poor TJ, he, he had the misfortune of being durable and being available every week. So he would end up at left tackle. He'd end up at right tackle. He'd end up at guard. 
and he got exposed you know, time and time and time again, uh, just on, you know, uh, mistakes and blocking that that's right there for everyone to see. And, uh, and it just these huge breakdowns. Um, so you're, you know, we don't see that on a, like we were seeing whenever we were all complaining about the offensive line for 10 years in a row. Uh, it, it's right now the offensive line is, is playing well enough to win, but it's not, you know, they still got a little bit, they got a little ways to go to get to where, you know, you'd feel comfortable, you know, with them on the road in the playoffs where you got to run the ball and, Things like that. One more quick question on the offense. Do you think they are they are uh, certainly seeing the defense improve as the season has gone along? Do you, th- do you think the offense is ascending in this new system and they're 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 kind of getting a little bit better each week? Last week I said on this broadcast that I wanted to see them, you know, not dominate but win a game they shouldn't, you know, and not 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 put us in this last second nail biting feverish pitch that that they've done so far this year and, and it was heading in that direction until they tripped over themselves and it became a one score game but I, I feel like they took a step as a team and they are still on the rise and they are playing better now that could be the hopeful uh viking supporter in me but you know, what do you think of the team in general at this point well you know i i wouldn't say that um the offense is gradually ascending because, you know, two weeks ago we were talking about 10, 10, 11, three and outs at Miami. You know? Well, we didn't so, have uh, two this time. That's ascending. Uh, well, I know, but, uh, you know, before, I mean, uh, if you're talking about ascending from where they were in, uh, in week one against the Packers, you know, I wouldn't say that's ascending. Uh, that was their, that's their signature, the signature win that's kind of becoming less signature as the Packers swirl the drain and go down um but i you know overall where the team's at i don't know you know pro, you know steady to me it's just they're they're finding ways to win which is you know that's what you that's what you have to do um the special teams outside of the kicker right now which is weird to say has um has has helped them win games uh the defense certainly has helped them win games and the offense which should be the strength of the team has you know, has disappeared for moments, but also been there enough times to where six and know, one. They're, they're one of the best offenses in the league. Well, all right, then fine. We're going to, we're going to take a break and take the wet blanket off of this thing that Mark just threw on top of it. I mean, how did I throw a wet blanket on it? I've said that they're, they're <laughs> you asked if they were getting like progressively better. Like I they started so. out, they started out like the, uh, 76 bucks and now they're the you know they're no, Bill they, Walsh 49ers. I think they no, it's been up and down. It's it's up and down, which is they, just what you see. They played one of the better teams they've played this year since since Philly and uh um Arizona? They, they I think so. I think they're they're better than than their record stands. Mm. You know, I may, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Like granted they 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 were missing some players too. Anyway, We're going to go take a break. We're going to manscape, or you're going to manscape. You're going to call and get that code below. Check out the ad and and, uh, come on back for part three of the Vikings Territory Breakdown. Football's back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped, state-of-the-art tech will have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West or 
the NFC East. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code VTBREAKDOWN20. That's VTBREAKDOWN20. Get it today. All right, folks, welcome back to the Vikings Territory Breakdown. And, you know, last last uh, segment we were talking about the tight ends, Johnny Munt and Irv Smith, and I had written down here to ask Mark the question, do we need – do the Vikings need to uh, draft another tight end next year? And we just heard through, during the break that they don't because they have just, according to sources, the Vikings have traded for Detroit's formerly of Iowa, uh, tight end TJ Hawkinson. And uh, here's the, the, the details of the deal. The Vikings get Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2024 conditional fourth rounder for, this is what the Lions get, they get a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. So the Vikings are getting three players out of this. And, uh, their their draft capital is a little bit higher that they're giving up for it. Mark, that's uh, kind of a blockbuster trade here at the deadline. It wasn't a receiver that we were talking about earlier, but it's a, a tight end. Uh, maybe uh, Irv Smith and Johnny Munt are not enough for what the Vikings uh, want to do. Uh, it's a receiving tight end. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, all the reports, the media reports. Uh, I'm not wide receiver, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, this, this is he's a 25 years old. I think it was an eighth overall draft pick a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like it. You know, it's sort of like an example of how, you know, I don't think you can rely on Irv Smith to stay healthy. I mean, Irv Smith obviously has a an injury that's going to be not just be a week or two. So we got to find out about that. Yeah. Um, this is probably a serious injury for, for Irv Smith for them to do this. Um, and obviously Johnny Munt and, and also Ben Ellison is, is he's hurt as well. So they need a tight end and they added a, you know, a, a good receiving tight end who I'm sure is going to be very appreciative to be here as opposed to Detroit. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's, it's kind of a move you have to do. It's not cheap. I mean, a second round pick next year, a third, um, the following year, but I, it's a move. I feel that, um, you know, whenever you're in the middle of a season like this and you've got a hole, that's pretty obvious. A second and a third over two years is probably not a whole lot to pay for what I think they'll get out of this guy. So, uh, and you could probably see some benefits to him pretty quickly. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good move, I think, uh, you know. I would agree with you. It's, uh, you know, and, and I guess it's uh, Irv Smith uh, hurt his ankle. I believe he's he had an MRI yesterday and, they, and, and uh, Kevin O'Connell called him and uh, Tomlinson who also injured his calf as week to week. I've never heard that. I've heard day to day, but uh, week to week. So they're going to monitor him. So maybe, maybe it's a high ankle sprain for Irv that you never well, know. How long yeah. Happen. I think, I, well, I think he's, he was more hopeful that Tomlinson would be back. Right. Uh, quickly. Um, this tells me that Irv, their feeling is Irv won't be back quickly. Yeah, it, 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 it's a good move. It, it's, it's an exciting move. It sounds it, – it, it also, even though they may have had to have made it, like you said, that it also smacks of, you know, we're, they're not going to sit pretty and they're, they're, they're not all in, but they're making the moves that they could at the end, you know, uh, before the – Yeah, this is uh, – obviously, as we saw on draft day, this is an aggressive analytics guy that's not going to be – the urge to make trades is going to be a little too much uh, and do things like this. 
Uh, in this case, you know, I, I didn't really like what he did on draft day with trading down, but this this is one that I think you know Vikings fans should like. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's also if 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 Irv, I don't mind the you know, Irv's still a young guy and and could could be a guy that says this season's kind of wrecked for him or he doesn't play as much. You go oh well, next year, well it gets to a point where you missed last year, yeah. you get hurt in training camp, and then you get hurt again uh, before the midseason. At some point, you just go, okay, you know, the train's left the station and, you know, you're a good player, but you can't stay healthy. If uh, Hawkinson is redundant, you know, makes her Irv redundant, you know, um, he might – I think he'd only have an, one more year on his rookie contract and he might be uh, easy to, to, to let go after that. I can't, you know, it's hard to say what – but we'll see how Hawkinson does. But I think he was from with Iowa. He came in pretty heralded, and I think you said a first – wasn't he a first-round pick? By I believe Detroit. it was like the, the eighth overall pick. Yeah. Pretty yeah, high, yeah. That's a big deal. And these two picks that the Vikings are giving up, we know that Kwesi will turn those into something else. We'll trade down, trade up, trade sideways. I don't know what he'll do. But yeah, and, think, and the guy's only 25 years old. So yeah. if you talk about, you know, should they, draft, should they draft a tight end next year? No, I mean, he's your draft pick. Exactly. Don't need to do that. With, with experience. What they may have to do is draft a kicker next year. Oh, I'm, that's my segue into uh, special teams. They have good coverage. They had great coverage on the turnover. Three guys down there that surrounded that and really uh, uh, helped help the Vikings in a, in, a, in, a, in a point in the game when they were looking like, oh, momentum was going the wrong way and the Cardinals couldn't have bet. That was a big play. And uh, uh, Ryan Wright, once again, with some good punts. Uh, he had, I think, two inside the 20, and he's now uh, – got 17 punts inside the 20 yard line this year. He's either leading or, you know, he's second in the league in that stat, which is deep, which is great. But the elephant of the room is, is Greg Joseph. Uh, the, the guy that Mark went over to console in the locker room on Sunday after, after his performance, he missed two kicks. One was a, another 50 yarder that was blocked 56 yard field goal. That seems to be the number that he struggles with one out of five in, uh, in that regard. And then he missed a, a, f- a point after that, his third one of the year, that really kept the game in play. Had he made that, then it's a two-score game that the Cardinals have to come back with. And instead, it, they were separated by eight points, and we had to bite our nails to the end. So 16-19 to 19 for PT, uh, point after touchdowns. This PAT is on the season for Joseph, and he's – Nine for 14 on field goals. It's, these are not great numbers. And did, did you get a good quote out of him when you went to chat with him? He, he said they felt good coming off his foot. No, he, and, uh, you know, because I, I know that uh, on the block, uh, Udo got beat, um, the guy. But it didn't look like he got beat so bad that the I thought the kick was low. But he said it felt good coming off his foot. Udo got um, beat. He was on the field. Huh? Wow. Udo was, uh, yeah, the left guard on that play, I believe. And, and, and he's the one that got kind of turned inside uh, from the guy who blocked it. Um, you know, happy for the team win and uh, pissed off at himself is what he said. And, um, you know, you don't go and run out and get a new kicker, I don't think, at this point. No. you got to, like, since you're, since you're winning, it's uh, you hope that he comes around because – I have to believe that these late, uh, these late extra points are in his head because the same thing happened. Uh, they've all been in the fourth quarter. One of them was in London. Uh, that kept the Saints within three points, right. which led to their, you know, the Saints tie it with a sixty-yard field goal that they wouldn't have kicked had it been, you know, a four-point game. 
Uh, and then the Vikings, then, then, then to, to uh, Joseph's credit, he comes back and kicks another field goal, 47 yards. Uh, but they're still only up by three because of that miss. And then that it comes down to the double doink at the very end of the game. Uh, so that could have been another one where you're talking about the kicker, but we're not. So I think, I think Greg a- Joseph must've made a prop bet at the Vikings setting the record for the most one point wins or the one, one score wins in a season. No, I'm kidding. He's not a better. I have nothing. I have no idea. But Mark, Mark's, Mark's his new guy in the locker room. So you can find that out in the future. If he's uh, getting something on the side, I'm just kidding. Uh, the Vikings were penalized more than any game they've been in this season. They, they had come into the game, one of the, probably the least penalized team in the league. And uh, boy, they had all kinds of them. Patrick Peterson on the first, first plays on defense uh, gets a, uh, well, what did he get that for? Uh, horse collar, horse or- collar. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I it looked questionable to me. I don't know if he if he necessarily grabbed it where you're where you consider the horse collar. I didn't think his pass interference penalty in the fourth quarter late was a pass interference. No, in fact, I think I think the the offensive guy uh, could easily have gotten offensive pass interference. So um, maybe that's because I, I'm becoming one of you, Joe, and and I've been here now twenty some years. And all the referees are out to screw us, and so I agree on those two. They got, they screwed us. They want the Packers to win the division, is what it is. Yeah, we've been without that. Hear. We've been out without that narrative all year. So welcome back to blaming the refs. God dang, feels good. Feels like home. But I'd like to blame them in a in a win more than a loss anytime. Um, we talked about Irvin and Tomlinson's MRI this week. But I, I did want to ask you about something since you're you're our uh, the the only the only Hall of Fame voter in town, uh, um, and you're you're the guy that casts the ballot and presents these players. But uh, Jared Allen got put into the Ring of Honor, uh, and he uh, this weekend, and he saw four sacks. Uh, you think he uh, and four sacks and two two uh, tips of the hat from players that making the sacks to his 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 uh, celebration dance, which was nice. You think he gets into the Hall of Fame? He's he's been up twice, right? Two years he's been up. You think anything? Uh... Yeah, he's he's. I, mean, I I I think he he's deserving of the Hall of Fame, and that's you know that's the cases that I've made to, for him for you know the past two years. Uh, he's he's kind of stuck in that John Lynch uh, nowhere no man's land. John Lynch was a finalist, I believe, nine times. Mm. I want to say nine, eight, nine times where. Um. You know, you're. I mean, John Lynch. It's a bad comparison because you know John Lynch did win a Super Bowl as, as well as a defensive player. But Jared kind of has the double whammy of uh, being a defensive player. Who's um, I was joking with him because there was one year where he he went he went wakeboarding as only Jared Allen would do. Tore his pec. Uh, didn't tell the Vikings about it. Came back, played with a torn pec, and I think he said he still had 12 sacks that year. <laughs> I, and I told him, I said, well, if you get it, if you got it taken care of, maybe you would have had 20 sacks that year. You kind of separate yourself sack wise. Uh, he's like, I think he's like 12th overall or 12th and 13th overall in sacks. Um, you know, it's going to be kind of a log jam that, that you, that you see there. Demarcus Ware, who did win a Super Bowl, has got the same number of sacks, very similar career. Uh, didn't get in as well on his first year. It was Jared's second year. Demarcus Ware didn't get in on his first year, uh, so they're still together. And then uh, Dwight Freeney, another guy defender with uh, similar sack totals and a, and a Super Bowl ring, 
comes in uh, on top of them. The three of them are going to be kind of uh, canceling each other out uh, next year or, you know, for, for next year's class. Uh, but I think he's deserving. It's just not one of those, uh, you know, where you just stand up and say Reggie White or, uh, you know, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. And so, yeah, I, I think he'll get in, uh, but it, it may take a while. Yeah. Uh, and what, what's cool is Jared, you know, Jared's uh, cool with it and everybody wants to be in, but uh, he's not, he's not going to be going to Tennessee Martin if he doesn't get in after a certain number of years and having his own uh, uh, Terrell Owens type of uh, celebration. If he gets in, uh, he's got too much style. Him riding in on that horse was just awesome. Yeah. But, you know, there's some great pictures around of it where he's got the, the hat up and the big smile on his face. Oh, that was, I wish I'd have seen that. That was wonderful. On a, a, a lesser joyous note, for sure, much sad note, we, we want to pass along our condolences to Mike Zimmer and his family on the news that just broke this morning of uh, his son, Adam Zimmer, passing away at 38 years old. Uh, Adam was a former coach here with his dad on the Vikings for many years, right most recently uh the uh, offensive analyst at the Bengals who played a game last night. There's no details at this point of uh, how he died, but boy, that's, that is tough news for that family, tough news for Mike Zimmer. And I know uh, you, you still uh, connect with Mike to, to a certain degree and, and uh, uh, got along with him really well on his tenure here. I, I, I'm just saddened by this. I can't, I can't imagine first he loses his wife and now this, uh, it, my heart just goes out to him and, and the whole family. Yeah. When he lost his wife, um, you know, she was 50, you know, so wow, uh, she died suddenly. Um, he just came home from practice and um, yeah. And my, you know, and Adam, Adam was, uh, must have, I didn't never, I never knew his mom, but I think he was more like his mom because <laughs> he seemed to be uh, not saying Zimmer wasn't nice, but there was Zim had an edge to him. And, and yeah. but uh, you know, Adam was a, you know, the times I talked to him just, uh, you know, yeah, he was, he said he was, a, seemed like a genuinely good guy. And, um, yeah, it's when you hear that, you know, 38, it's just like, you think of all the, you know, the living that you don't get to do when you get to our age, uh, you know, of just, you know, how much more was to hit for him in his life. I don't know what the de- we don't know the cause of death. Um, but yeah, just, that's just, it's awful. And when you hear stuff like that. It is. And it, <clears throat> as a parent, it doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, no, no. Uh, losing a kid is just, it's just horrific. Um, so our heart goes out to them, to them all. Um, final, final thing we want to touch on here. The Vikings are six and one They're on a five game winning streak with a 3.5 game lead in the NFC North and tied for the second best record in the NFL. Mark, what could possibly go wrong? That's, that's, that's the Minnesotan in me saying this. Uh, oh, <laughs> but uh, they got, they're going to Washington next week to play the commanders, Kirk cousins and KOC going to a place that they uh, used to play in together. And why well, uh, 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 KOC was a coach there and Kirk was a quarterback. So they started their relationships there. And I don't think we should expect, uh, as we said earlier, the, the, uh, the revenge game that Patrick Peterson had this past weekend, but uh what do you you know? They got Taylor Heineke playing quarterback for him. They they've won. He's won a couple games since Carson Wentz went down with a finger injury. So <clears throat> it's uh, um, 
it, there, there's all kinds of storylines there. It should be interesting going going to Washington and and uh, seeing how they do. Yeah, I mean T- Taylor's got the revenge game against the Vikings, right? Exactly. With him with him for two years and never never got to play in a regular season game. Um, you know, it, you know the the Bears handed uh, Carson Wentz uh, and the and the Commanders a, a a win on that that was a Thursday night game. Probably dropped the punt and the, <laughs> Washington just you know walks in or has a whatever short drive and scores the winning win twelve to seven. And then uh, Carson Wentz was hurt, and Taylor comes in, and he's won the last two games by a total of three points. Huh. You know, Wa- Washington was – I read this stat. Um, since ni- uh, 2000, they were – or 1990 or 2000, they were 1 and 128 when down by um, two scores or more in the final five minutes. And Taylor won that game last week with, with two scoring drives in the time to win that by one point in the final five, five minutes. So, you know, uh, he's, he, he is, he's a fascinating quarterback to watch. Uh, he is the ultimate beyond poor man's Brett Favre because he right. can look horrendous, horrendous when he first starts out, like, uh, <laughs> two games ago, he started out like, uh, uh, one of six or whatever. One of them was a, was a pick six. And then he comes back and he has a great second half. There's something about that guy. There's something that he was on the bench for so long for Carson Wentz. And now he's in the starting lineup that, uh, and the fact that the Vikings are riding high, the fact that it's in Washington, it's got a feeling of, of an NFL leveling out situation that oh uh, the Vikings might have to be, uh, could be humbled a little bit because they should, you know, by all on paper, they, you know, Washington should not be able to hang with them point-wise. Vikings are more talented. They got the better quarterback. Um, but I just have a feeling about this one that uh, this could be the first uh, first loss where you're like, wow, you know, they shouldn't have lost that game. So that's who you're picking? You're picking the commanders? I'll pick Washington. We got to break this up. You know, this, this there's just too much too much hand-holding here, Joe. We got to, we got to, like, we got to find out who's going to be right. So I'm going to – I know you're not gonna. I know you're not gonna take Washington. I mean, I was gonna. I got it written down here. I was gonna pick uh, the Vikings. So I got Washington. I'll take Washington. I, you know, you like I, that I, I take. I no. I take Washington. Just uh, you know, the Vikings should win this game. And but it's the NFL is is not. You can't just ever because right now the Vikings have won probably won all the games they should, and they lost the one they shouldn't. Uh, or the last one that they should. So I think this is, this is where the script gets uh, – uh, the Kumbaya club is going to have to deal with a little adversity at some point, and I think it's going to be this week. My, my worry, my concern is uh, uh, the post-emotional high letdown, just like they did in Philadelphia in 2017 after the miracle in Minneapolis. They, and Zim uh, tried to warn them all week about it. You know, he tried to level them down because he said, you know, they – you get up so high that you're naturally going to have that letdown. And and I think this was a big win for them last weekend. Obviously we spoke about very emotional, so they, that could happen, but you know, I don't see it. I think, uh, I think the Vikings are, 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 are I, I, whether you do or not, I think they're, they're starting to get better each week in certain things. They haven't put a complete game together, but they've had a, uh, uh 
they're getting closer to that. And I think they're starting to get comfortable. I mean, Zedaria Smith is really comfortable where he's at. If we can get uh, Daniil Hunter going, that's, that's even better. And now they have a new tight end and uh, more enthusiasm there. So who knows what's going to, that's going to bring to the table. That might take a couple of weeks to really settle in with the new system and such, but I like what the Vikings are doing. I, I think they sent a signal with that trade that, uh, you know, uh, management's all in. So let's, uh, let's get all in on the field. So I'm going to pick the Vikings much to uh, no surprise for Mark, but uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, this, this, that, you know, we're, we finally, we're get, we got somebody, we're picking different. So someone's going to take the lead for that Mankato beer, mad butcher, you know, which. We're- well, and then they, I would assume even, even a, you might have to consider the bills in the final at Buffalo. You might have to think possibly about not picking the Vikings. We'll see. It's a week-to-week league. You've told me that yourself, so we got to see. We'll make that decision next week. In the meantime, folks, thanks for tuning in, and please make that decision to go out and grab a Manscaped trimmer. You know, you can get the, you say, VT Breakdown 20 for 20% off your purchase. It's a great deal. Um, thank you all for tuning in, Mark. Thank you. Mike Woldem in the background as a producer. Thank you. Thanks very much. And uh, our thoughts are with the Zimmers this week, and I and I my thoughts are right now with uh, another guy who's no longer with us. I just want to say to him, Joe Johnson, thanks for everything, and Skull. See you all next week.